Hi friends, so tonight's episode is for the ladies. Uh, it's a group episode with Jessica and Darla, and we talk about PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and living with that and what that's like for each of us. And we do get pretty uh, medical. We talk about our periods, so if you're not down with that, you're not going to want to listen to this one. You have a pass from me. So if you're going to stick around, then here we go. So we are doing another group episode tonight. I have Jessica, who's been on the podcast before, and Darla, a first-timer. Um, Darla and I met uh, in college. We were sorority sisters, DZ. And now you both live on the East Coast, and I am still in Missouri. <laughs> so that's exciting for you guys. <clears throat> but um, the three of us are all have PCOS so we are going to talk about that and kind of living with that and what that's like um, for each of us because I feel like a lot of women have it and it's not talked about very much or more than just like oh yeah I have PCOS but nobody really knows like what that entails I feel like they just kind of hear it tossed around a lot um so I was diagnosed with PCOS by a doctor, obviously. Um, <laughs> like ooh, a couple years ago, maybe. But I feel like I had kind of thought that I had it for longer than that. You know, before I was diagnosed with it. And basically, she was just like reading off symptoms, and I was like, "Yep, yep, yep." <laughs> like I just kind of had all of them, which the symptoms of it are all shitty. I mean, they're all horrible. Mm-hmm. none of the symptoms are good no <laughs> um like excessive body hair and thinning hair on your head where you want to have more hair um and difficulty losing weight and your hormones are out of whack you have more testosterone i've had more testosterone actually my whole life ever since i started going to an OBGYN, they were like yeah you have <laughs> way more testosterone than you should um so yeah that was kind of my thing with it when I was diagnosed with it, she put me on metformin. And as you guys both know, I was highly, like, overdosed on it. She wanted me to start taking it at 1,000 milligrams twice a day, mm-hmm. which, um, if you're unfamiliar with metformin, you're supposed to ease up to that. Uh, so when I actually saw a better doctor, she was like, no, 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 you need to start that at 500 milligrams once a day. So that was not fun. It made me very sick, very um, nauseous. Like, if if I wasn't sitting on the couch, I felt sick. Like, I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't eat without being in the bathroom. Like, it was horrible. Um, So then I started it at the 500 milligrams. And that was easier. But I still felt, like, just nauseous and, like, kind of uneasy and, like, shaky kind of. Um, so I started on that powder, Jessica, that you told me about. What is it called? I should have pulled it in uh, here. I'm going to butcher it. Ovidasol or Ovisol. I'll pull it up on my... I have my Amazon pulled up because it's Prime Day. But I've been taking that and I actually like it a lot. So it's like a powder um, that you put in your drink like you do it morning and night. And... Um, I read, I read a lot about it and I read a lot of the reviews and it, they were all really positive. It's Ovazidal, Ovazidal, 
Ovasitol. O-V-A-S-I-T-O-L. It's amazing, basically. And it can re- <laughs> you can take it with metformin or in place of metformin. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. I don't taste it. Like, you take it with food and it's it's fine. So I'm hoping to see. I just have started, you know, so I haven't seen a ton of results yet. Besides, like, I did read that it helps curb, um, like, cravings, which I'm, like, hungry all the time. <laughs> so I have no. That was, like, the first thing I've noticed with it. Um, I'm still hungry a lot, but not as much. So I like that. Yeah. But yeah. is that uh, supposed to help with like your um, symptoms? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I've never I read, heard of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like uh, it was seventy five for the tub that I got, but that's a ninety dollar ninety day supply, mm-hmm. and it has like a little scoop in it. You just mix it in. So. Okay. Yeah, you should check it out. I like it a lot. I know, Jessica, you re- you've been taking it for a while, right? I just now finished my first tub. Oh, there you go. But yeah, I guess 90 days then, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I really like it. I had a hard time. The only negative I've had was it affected my sleep. If I took it the second dose of it, because you take it twice a day. Mm-hmm. If I took it, like, too much after dinner time, like, 7, 8, 9 o'clock, I couldn't sleep the whole night. Oh, no. Uh, even with taking like NyQuil, Z-Quil, you know, like a sleep wow. aid, mm-hmm. still would be up all night. Oh, um, no. So that's something I had to play with and take it earlier in the night. And I think after taking it for a couple weeks, it got better. That's good. Um, where I don't have that problem anymore, but I don't think everybody's like that. I think it was just me. Um, yeah, that'd be something that would happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think with the benefits that it could offer me and what my symptoms are, I was willing to try it. Right. So, yeah. Um, well, I yeah. read that it helped a lot with um, the body hair that you have as a woman who has PCOS that you don't want. I mean, I have anyway. Mm-hmm. And with cravings. Um, and some people said they noticed a difference in weight. Some people didn't. Um, it did help a lot of people said they got pregnant that's not something i am vying for um (laughs) but if that is something you're interested in i know that a lot of people a lot of the reviews talked about yeah getting pregnant and also talked about getting their period um Mm -hmm. which i was gonna say that too like i started my period the summer before fifth grade so i've had it a very long time i'm 32 now Mm -hmm. and um it was regular for the first so many years and then I remember in high school, I went like six months without it. And then kind of ever since then, it's been irregular. So I was going to the woman doctor very early on, not because I was like sexually active, but because I couldn't get my period to get itself together. Um, so I tried birth control, but that I feel like just makes me crazy emotional, like a really high highs and really low lows and all over the place and weight and acne. Like that's another thing with. PCOS weight and acne but even worse with birth control so I definitely wanted to get off of that as -hmm. soon as I could um so yeah my period is all over the place I mean I always have to be prepared basically because I never know I never know and sometimes (laughs) it'll come and it's like you know you just never know I have all different supplies in my house (laughs) because I never know what's happening but um I do, uh-huh. not miss, I do not miss having a period. 
I know. Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience, Darla? It's very different than mine. Um, sure. Um, I have a lot of health issues, <laughs> as we all know. Um, but PCOS, I got diagnosed probably 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a mustache and, you know, the beard happening and hard yeah. time weight, um, thinning of hair. I also am like intolerant to the cold. I, oh. um, that could be my thyroid because I have thyroid disease as well. But, um, I went to the doctor and they did a insulin test. So I didn't actually go to the OBGYN and have the test done. Mm-hmm. Um, in the doctor's office, the way they do it, <laughs> um, they did an insulin test and it wasn't like a glucose test. It was just for the insulin and it was off the chart. Um, I was put on metformin. I actually have never had an issue with it. I know a lot of people do have issues with stomach and I was fortunate enough that I had no issues with that. Um, my periods have always been irregular. They've always been super heavy where I would go through um, a pad and a tampon within an hour. Oh my um, gosh. <clears throat> I always had a lot of cramping, mm-hmm. a lot of pain. Yeah. yeah. Clotting. I know it's gross to talk about, but. <laughs> no, I have that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't find out until after I had my hysterectomy that I have endometriosis. So a lot of that could be from that. Um, but I always say it's PCOS. <laughs> um, I'm very close with my OBGYN because she saved my life. And um, she told me when I had my hysterectomy that she told the other doctor, she was like, this girl is vegan and runs half marathons and she still gains weight like a crazy person. And she was like, she was like, I feel so bad for her because these people will come in and they'll be like, I'm trying and they're really not, but she is. Um, yes, but she just can't lose any weight. It's just impossible for me to lose weight. So I'm not going to get emotional. Don't give me that face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I always think of you like when we did our episode, the podcast episode about being plus size, like I said, you know, looking at you and looking at me, you wouldn't know which of the two of us is the one who runs or is the one who's healthy and that I feel like that sucks for you because you it's so put so much work in and I should put more work in but you are just forever an inspiration to me with your you just continue (laughs) like I you will probably never see me out doing like a 5k (laughs) or any sort of sponsored race or run I'm dying on the sidewalk like uh, I just couldn't do it so I mean for people who don't know me I had cervical cancer at 30 and I had a lot of issues um after my first surgery so I had a hysterectomy at 31 um so that's why I don't have periods anymore so I don't deal with the side effects of the pain in your ovary like I swear you could feel that pain you know you all know yeah yeah I don't have to deal with that anymore because I I still have my ovaries, but I don't, they don't, I don't know where my eggs go. They float out and nowhere (laughs) land, I guess. (laughs) I'm not a science person, but um, I don't have any other parts except for female parts besides my ovary. Ovaries. And I kept those because of heart disease. So, because I was so young getting a hysterectomy. 
Well, you are very tough and very strong and very inspirational with all your fitness stuff. Like, there's so there's so many people who do fitness stuff. This is completely off topic. But I'm just like, stop. Like, no, I can't. I can't do it. But with you, I'm just like, yes, darling. Just like, go for it. Just keep going. So because I'm just like, I see like me and you. Like it's it's inspirational to see. But um, yes, you're killing it, killing the game. <laughs> hey. You know, I mean, I have passed a lot of people in my half marathon that looked way more fit than me. So I believe you you don't look like it doesn't mean that you're not, you don't have the stamina or the endurance. So Mm -hmm. healthy, healthy looks different on on a lot of people. For sure. You can't tell by looking at somebody. But Jessica, you. Oh, sorry. go Go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> I just want to say, like, I think we all know, and anybody who has PCS knows, it's an uphill struggle always, mm-hmm. like, for losing weight. It's, if yeah. that's something that you're interested in, like, I've just kind of become to the point, like, I'm always going to be like this. Like, I'm just going to have to fight to stay where I'm at, right? Because right. if I didn't run, if I didn't work out, then I would just probably be 500 pounds and be on that show on TLC. So... <laughs> anyways I digress no you're fine I get it like I I've told people before like I could I mean I I know that I could eat better 100% um but I also know that I could work out with someone who doesn't have PCOS and I'd have to do twice as much to lose half as much Mm -hmm. so it's just like it's very discouraging so I kind of will, you know, sometimes I do yoga. That's the only thing I've, the only exercise I've ever been able to, like, get behind. And really, (coughs) just because it'll make me feel better. I mean, it's really just, like, stretching. (laughs) But it just (laughs) makes me feel better. And, like, you know, it makes my body feel better. So I feel like if I'm ever going to just go gung-ho about something, that's probably what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jessica, do you want to talk about your experience? Sure. So I was ill generally as a child, and um, it probably started when I was maybe eight years old. And a lot of the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Um, basically, consisted of just being nauseous all the time. Um, being really lethargic to where I couldn't get off the couch, wouldn't really go to school. Um, Mm -hmm. and then when I got my period, I think I was probably eight years old and, um, went to the OBGYN and my periods would last 25 days or longer. Oh my Um, goodness. At eight years old. Yeah. Dang. That's a lot for an eight year old to deal with. Yeah, so, you know, they were like, wow, I guess let's try putting you on the birth control pill. And that made me even more sick. Um, Really, really sick. And I started to gain a lot of weight, even though I wasn't really eating more than a handful of crackers and, like, ginger ale. Like, just really couldn't stomach much food. Um, That went on for many years, I think, until I was, like, 15 or 16 years old. I finally got my OBGYN to send me to a 
she's really a fertility specialist who was also a specialist in PCOS. And um, she diagnosed me with PCOS. And mm-hmm. then I, I had a laparoscopy, I think, due to really severe periods still and abdominal pain. Had um, ovarian cysts all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found endometriosis, so I had that out. Then they found I had interstitial cystitis. I had have to deal with that. Um, yeah, so, but really it took me a really long time to get in to see anybody because I wasn't 18 years old. You know, a specialist didn't really want to see me. Oh. But, yeah, which doesn't really make sense, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So immediately she put me on metformin and... I have like maybe a one or two week upset stomach issue, but after that it got better. I've basically been on it since I was 15 or 16 years old um, and have gone off, off it a few times just to see if my liver panel will get better, but that's just a separate issue. Um, so it, it does make me feel better being on it. Um, so I, I'm glad I'm still on that. Yeah. I know you told me before that, like, you can notice if you're off it. Like, you yeah. can you notice not t- the difference in not taking it. I can. Yeah, I can. And then starting that new supplement we were just talking about, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's helped my moods even more. I'm a pretty mellow person, <laughs> but um, I feel like it's helped my moods even more. Yeah. Um, and I feel less affected by what I eat. Um, like if I eat something healthy that happens to be high in carb, I would kind of crash after, um, feel that way. So this, I feel like is mellowing out my hormone levels even more, um, Mm -hmm. or my response to food. Um, yeah, it's definitely an uphill struggle. Um, I too last year was doing a lot of exercise. I paid a lot of money to see a professional trainer three days a week for an hour each time and I was actually getting sicker oh no eating weight and I was but I was doing like powerlifting but I was gaining fat what um so that was just really disheartening yeah Um, especially because I really enjoyed it very much like it was Mm -hmm. a good outlet for stress yeah but I wasn't recovering from hard workouts and then I was gaining weight. So it was just really kind of a punch in the face. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And like I I got, like I said, I got diagnosed a couple years ago. But I think for a couple years before that, I kind of knew, you know, like just in my gut that that was what, probably what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gained weight pretty steadily. Um, and so I just kind of feel like now I just have to, like, be extra careful, I guess I feel like. Like, I feel like I, I don't know. I mean, I'm overweight now, but I don't feel, like, uncomfortable, if that makes sense. So I just am, like, I don't ever want to get to a spot where it's, like, too much. But then it's, like, it's so hard once you, you know, you start getting older and then you, like, having PCOS and then it's, like, uh, I just don't know. I feel like it would be an entire lifestyle change if I wanted to really commit to losing weight. And then even then, 
who knows? There's just no way to really know that it's going to work out. So I think that's super frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I know Jess- Jessica and I did a whole episode about not having kids. Um, but I know for a lot of people, PCOS, uh, they, it's very hard for you to have kids. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm not ovulating because I don't have regular periods um and then when I do have one I'm like okay well I'm not pregnant like but then I'm like but I couldn't be anyway so um and obviously Darla with your hysterectomy like do you think that you will ever adopt or like how do you feel about the whole kid scenario um you know there was a time like when John and I got married um, we wanted to have kids, like, we bought our house back in KC, that, mm-hmm. it was, like, four bedroom, three bath, that's too much for two people. <laughs> Good thing you filled it with animals. <laughs> we did, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, after I had my first cer- cervical cancer surgery, my doctor told me if I wanted to have kids that I needed to try now. But she told me it would be very difficult with PCOS. And so then I sat down and talked to John. Um, we had that hard conversation because I, if I wasn't going to have kids, I needed to have a hysterectomy because I had a lot of um, scar tissue. So when I did have a period, I wasn't bleeding correctly and it would back up inside my uterus. My uterus had to get drained. And oh my um, gosh, darn. The, the pain was like so intense. Like I couldn't feel my legs sometimes. Um, so it was like having contractions, but like with nowhere to go, like it was trying to push the blood out, but the blood couldn't go anywhere, you know? Anyways, I digress. Nobody's going to want to listen to this after that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Jess. No. Um, (laughs) So we had that conversation and we both just decided for my health and well-being to go ahead and do the hysterectomy. We have not talked about adoption um, it's so expensive. I we, know. Like $30,000 to adopt a kid. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. So yeah. I can buy a lot of dogs <laughs> for that. <laughs> so yes. we have three dogs and a cat. And I don't, I mean, I'm never saying never, right? I mean, right. something might come up and we feel like we need that. But in our lives now, we don't feel like we need to have children. I mean, I'm turning 35 yeah. this year. So. Um, I feel like if I if I wanted to adopt, like now would be the time because my energy is starting to go. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to the point where it's just like come home from work and I don't want to do anything. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think so. How about you? Are you guys thinking about adopting or trying to have your own kids? Or we've talked about it, but we're 100% not there right now. That's the kind. Of, I think that's the kind of a weird thing with PCOS, right? Is that we're all kind of here, like, well, if we want to do it, we gotta adopt, and then it's like, it's such an investment. Which I understand having a kid is expensive, but when it it's it's a weird spot to be in to know, like, I have to do this much x amount of money, and not only do you have to do x amount of money, but you have to go through people coming to your house and doing mm-hmm. the study and like doing the training and like all this extra stuff. When there's people out there just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's out. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's a, a unfair spot to be in for people who do want to have kids, 
And it's a it's a weird spot to be in when you're not sure because then it's kind of like, I mean, it's a kid, but it's also one of those things where you're like, this much money, like, you know, we could do this or we could do that. So it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe that just means we're not really there for thinking about it like that. But I don't know. It's a weird dynamic to have. And I think I think it also makes it makes it a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there who have PCOS who want kids. It's just unfortunate. I was. Yeah, I think too. Like if you like, if I was to have a kid now, like my insurance would only cost me like five hundred dollars to have a kid of good insurance. So Aww, to like have nice. my own kid for five hundred bucks or adopt for thirty and go through all that. I mean, yeah, it sounds selfish, and maybe I am, but. That's just a lot to put yourself through stress and anxiety and, you know, and then you don't even know, like you, you could be on a waiting list forever for a family right. pick you, you know, so you might not even ever have a family pick you. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, there's a whole episode on this guys, if you want to listen to it, <laughs> but I just, I mean, it goes hand in hand yeah. with a PCOS. Yeah, I was told really young that because of my health issues, endometriosis, PCOS, all those things that I would really probably never be able to be pregnant. It wasn't like, oh, it'd be hard. It was really presented to me like, no, that's probably not going to happen for you. And Um, you were told that so young that that, at that age, what are you thinking about that? Like, I know. I think it was way before I was 15. I I think it was more like 11. Like, I was told very young. Very yeah. that's crazy. Um, yeah. Um, so I and I I've told Justice in our our episode, but I don't remember being upset. But my mom told me that I was devastated and cried about it. And my parents were like, "If you ever need to adopt or anything, we'll help you." Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. My brain probably doesn't want me to. Um, <laughs> but and I think I think that really set the tone for. The rest of my life being like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's for me. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and then, you know, the past few years, maybe just having to revisit it because I felt like being on birth control was making me sick again. So this past May, I was off birth control for a whole year at that point. But before going off it, my regular OB was like, you have to take into consideration that this could really be detrimental to your reproductive health if you choose to go off birth control because it's managing your hormones and your endometriosis growth. So I'm like, okay, so I have to choose between my health and the possibility of getting pregnant or, you know, kind of shooting myself in the foot. So I just decided I'm more important. You know, I can't be, I can't do that if I'm not healthy. So right. I kind of put myself first in that sense and been off it for a year. And I think it's the best thing I ever did. I don't feel as tired as I used to. Um, and now, now I regularly get my fertility levels checked just for mental insurance, I guess. Yeah. You know, even though I'm still not sure that that's something I want to, go forward with I feel a lot of pressures of people basically telling me you should really have options or you should really keep an eye on stuff and so it's confusing because then I'm not sure what I really want 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard. And it's also like, uh, I mean, we talked about in that episode about people being obtuse about you, not people in general, not having children. Mm-hmm. But it's also like when people say stuff like that to you, they don't want to hear like, you'd be like, oh, well, I have PCOS or, oh, my vagina's broken or like, I have you <laughs> like, they don't want to hear that. They're just like giving you a hard time because they think that you should. They don't care really right. about if it goes any deeper or they wouldn't be asking the question. So it's just, it's frustrating to come at because like uh, PCOS is something obviously you can't tell by looking at someone that they have it. Um, it's also like people don't, excuse me, understand it really if they don't have it. Um, so like when I had periods in high school or in middle school, I remember the first day of seventh grade, my cramps were so bad I had to go home. Like on the first day of school, it's just like it's hard to uh, explain that to like a nurse or your teacher and them not think that you're just like BSing them when you're like a little girl. <laughs> But it's, like, mine were so bad, and I would, like, just sit at, you know, with, like, the heating pad, and, like, I'd have to be in bed, and, like, oh, it was horrible. So I'm just really glad, I mean, I know I probably should be having regular periods, I probably will be now that I'm taking that medicine, Mm -hmm. but it's, like, I just hate them so much. (sighs) So do you think that this is, like an epidemic or do you think that we're just talking about it more? Cause I know a lot more people now that talk about it more openly than um, before. And so I don't know if it's like something that's like being diagnosed, if it's new or if it's like one of those things, like, you know, the scientists and me, the environment, like are, are we causing these um, insulin, re- you know, it's an insulin problem too, you know, right. that basically that's the heart of it. Are we causing this with the pesticides and stuff like that, um, on food? So it always just makes me wonder, like, no, that's a really good point. Like, is this like an epidemic or cause like when my parents were growing up and they're in their mid fifties, which isn't, if you think about it, it was only like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? compared to like 20 years older than me you know that you know no they didn't hear about that you know right about it like was it not diagnosed was it just um because you hear about it all the time now I feel like there's even a show on TLC where a lady has it and she talks about it openly um which I think is good I think it's good to get out and talk about it and because there's there's nothing that any of us can do it about it we just have to right control our symptoms we can't change how we eat or whatever to make it go away it'll right Mm -hmm. yeah there's not a cure for it well I just look it says on google that one in ten women of childbearing age have it yeah that's a lot that's a lot of women (laughs) yeah so um yeah there was an article I saw not too long ago where they're thinking it's possible that um you could have gotten this by your mother being exposed or ingesting something while you were in the womb. Oh, um, I think I remember you telling me this. Correlation, I think, um, that you're more likely to have it um, if, if they were. I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. it was interesting. And I mean, it makes sense, you know, as to why so many people would have it now. Right. If it's a chemical or 
something in the environment. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I... Oh, go oh. ahead. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. I, no, you're fine. Um, I'm just, like, trying to see... I mean, we talked about insulin and metabolism and your hormones are all messed up. So it's like, so much goes into it, too. Right. But it's like, do they... Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. There's I mean, a lot. My, you might know this, Jess, you might not, but you know my first job was at a pesticide company? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I don't want to name it. <laughs> That's fine. You don't have to. I used to work at a pesticide company in Kansas City, and every single day before we would go on shift, we had to read um, an MSDS um, material data, whatever, safety sheet thing, and say like what we were working with and why how it was bad and every single thing caused like genotoxic like it was bad to your genes it was mutating and we sprayed this stuff on our food and i don't care how much you wash your food you're not getting all of it off and you're ingesting that and so um i don't know just the scientist in me thinks a lot of this is pesticide based because Back when my grandma was around, they didn't use the pesticides like they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not just saying PCOS. I'm saying, like, cancer and, um, you know, other things like that. And I don't – I mean, there's nothing – I'm not even – like, I don't buy all organic. And even if it's organic, they could have sprayed it with something. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just oh food for thought. <laughs> Darla, you've got a whole other podcast episode cooking yeah. there. <laughs> When it on Google, <laughs> it said these are some of the symptoms. It says, um, for it says weight, obesity, overweight, or weight gain. Isn't that like everyone? I mean, there's like a small amount of fit people in the world, <laughs> right? Um, acne, acne or oily skin, like oily skin. What? I will say I hate that. Like I am 32, and my forehead—I don't know if you guys can see. I hope my picture doesn't look horrible on your screens, but my forehead is like super bumpy. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but infertility, inappropriate male features. I think that means. That mean? Does that mean body like facial hair? <laughs> and bigger Adam's apple. Like what is an inappropriate, inappropriate. male feature? <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Oh, That's man. too general. I don't know. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> then it says uh, loss of scalp hair or unwanted hair. I have both. Those are probably my least favorite symptoms. Is my thin hair on my head because my parents both have thin hair, so I was already doomed. Mm-hmm. And then my thinning hair, and then I I'll get hair like um on my chin or like under like oh, yeah. my chin. I hate it. I call them witch hairs. (laughs) Huh? I call them witch hairs. Because they remind you of like an old witch that had like a mole. I know. (laughs) I hate it. I'm hoping that that that, uh, supplement I'm taking gets that under control. Because a lot of the reviews said it would. Mm. Um, But it also says depression. I have that for sure. I feel like I've been there with that. Mm. Going to therapy has helped a lot with that. But, yeah. I mean, that sounds right. And then, obviously, an abnormal or an absence of a period. Heavy period, a regular period. 
short and light or spotting. So basically any any kind of period, it sounds like. <laughs> Besides a normal one. So what but is the, normal? <laughs> the treatment is, which is, is birth control or metformin. I mean, that's really all there is. Which sucks when that when that first doctor, I said this on one of my podcasts, um, when that first doctor gave me a, a super high dose and I called the nurse to tell them, like, I was sick and I couldn't take it, they were like, okay, she wants you to just stop taking it. I'm like, okay, and do what? And they were like, just diet and exercise. <gasps> no. I'm like, to, if that was the cure, like... It would be well, everyone would know that. Like, losing weight isn't gonna like balance my hormones for me. So, she was a really crappy doctor. Yeah, you don't see her no more, right? No, they opened a new clinic out here in the town that I live. So, I go to the nurse practitioner there. And when I told her how much the other doctor, she was like, No, you should not start at that. Like, Basically, I should have started at a quarter of what the other doctor prescribed. Do you me. still take that? Do you still take it? Even no, I I have a thing of them of the five hundreds, but they just like no matter what I do, eat with you know what I eat when I eat, it just makes me feel. Blah. Yeah, I feel like when I don't take them because I ran out <laughs> when I moved to Florida. Oh um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Hot mess express over here. Um, I felt like I had super brain fog. Like, oh. and I don't think that's even like a PCOS symptom, but um, I feel better taking them personally. But I don't take birth control. So, um, yeah, I don't take birth control either. Yeah. I need to go back to my doctor and be like, I'm taking this powder that my friend Jessica told me. <laughs> <laughs> I went, and I read Amazon reviews, and it's and it's what I'm taking. So yeah. that's kind of what I did too. I I forget exactly how I heard about it, but it was online somewhere, and um, I was like, "Yep, I'm just gonna take it. Whatever." I mean, usually the stuff my doctor gives me makes me sick. So if I feel confident in something I picked out, even better. So I felt I felt good in taking it, and then. Of course, when I went to the doctor's office, I'm like, am I going to tell her I'm taking it? I'm like, yeah, stupid. I'm going to tell her I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, oh, you're taking this. That's great. Good for you. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me about this? Right. It's that great. Yeah. You know? You have to be like an advocate for yourself. Yeah, you do. For sure. Yeah. Nobody else cares as, as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, doctors are just... Not my favorite. Um, no, people. I hate going to the doctor. Yeah, me too. I think well, like, oh, also, I think like so many people are cry wolf that when people really have issues. Yes. Like, yeah, they told me I had a UTI when I was like, I couldn't feel my legs. I was like, this is not a UTI. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no. Yeah, so yeah, I hear you, but doctors I get you yeah. I always take your health in your hands or have somebody there if you're not of sound mind like your husband or whatever mom or dad to yeah for you so. 100% and definitely if you think 
you have anything with your period, go to the doctor. Yeah, don't <laughs> be scared. See, <laughs> and see what it is. And some, I mean, Matt Foreman was not my friend, but it works for both of you guys. Yeah. Some people it doesn't work for, some people it does, but you can try birth control. There's a lot of different birth control out there. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need to do to kind of manage the crappy symptoms of it. But no, guys... one, in, one in ten people have it, so you are not That's... alone. <laughs> yes. There could be more. <laughs> there could be, I mean, I'm sure there's more because people don't like to go to the doctor. I don't blame them, but Right. Do you guys have anything else you want to add about PCOS or anything? Um, I think something I've just noticed recently, or maybe I've just discovered because I've been under a rock, is just there's a really big um, PCOS like support community on Instagram, which I oh. guess I never really looked there for that, but mm-hmm. um, I stumbled across, I think that's probably where I heard of the powder now that I'm talking about it. Um, there's just, it seems like there's a big community. There's a lot of pages and mm-hmm. a lot of different suggestions and just people to relate to. So I've been looking at those things more to not feel alone. Yeah. No, I, I definitely am an advocate of finding your community and finding your your people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, there's power in that. And being around like-minded people or people going through the same thing, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I def- I definitely like to um, know about different things I can do for it that aren't the- from the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, natural. <laughs> you know, I'm always looking for, like, something natural, which obviously if there was something that made everything better, we'd all know about it, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. No harm we in do, time. it's just illegal, and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for coming on and chatting in depth about all of our periods and all of that fun stuff it was great thank you so much for listening it would mean so much if you would subscribe and leave a rating for the podcast you can find me at midwest jess official on facebook instagram and twitter and at midwestjessofficial.com thank you for listening i hope you have a great day Thank you.